Welcome back to a second series of Leash Connects podcasts, where we meet more of the dedicated people who are there to support you and your community in the wonderful county of Leash. So my guests today are Vanessa Villun and Jackie Klutschke. Vanessa and Jackie are both from South Africa, both living in Leash and both work in the area of life coaching and personal development coaching. Guys, you're both very welcome. Today, I'd like us to talk about life coaching and personal development, the role it can play in well-being, mental health and well-being. I'm interested to know from you what life coaching or the field of life and personal development coaching can teach us in terms of goal setting, in terms of reaching our potential, in terms of helping us to achieve the things that we want to achieve in life. Some of the training that guys like me deliver in the area of health and well-being, there's a focus that comes from positive psychology. They talk a lot about fulfillment and meaning in life if you have a sense of meaning, if you've got a purpose, if you have a reason to get up out of bed in the morning. Well, certainly it helps you sort of overcome or work through challenges. And I understand that because rather than pursue happiness, you're pursuing something that I think maybe gives life maybe more substance if you have a purpose or if you have meaning in life. But also one of the things that I've learned in this job, especially working around job clubs, job clubs are there to help people go from maybe unemployment into employment, from college into employment, or maybe mum has reared their family. Kids have moved up, moved on, and now they're curious about what's out there in the job market for me. And one of the things that comes up for me in these job clubs is the importance of goal setting. I certainly know when I was young, nobody taught me about goal setting in school. And I've got two small kids. My boys are 10 and 12. I haven't seen anything in any of their books about goal setting. But yet I think it's probably one of the most important things that we should be teaching our kids in life if we want to have some level of control of where our life goes. So can we talk a little bit about that then and see what else comes up, if you don't mind? But maybe we'll start with this one. Like, What prevents people, in your view, from achieving their goals in life? I think a lot of people don't even start with having goals. I mean, if you think about it, people set these New Year's resolutions and they're going to lose the weight, get the better job, get the increase, whatever it is. But it's just, it's very temporary and it's very fickle. It's, this is what I want, but it's not really a strong desire. This is what I'm going to go after. This is really, really what I want. And I think what happens a lot is you almost start self-sabotaging. Let's take losing weight because everybody wants to lose weight. So that's an easy thing to talk about in terms of goal setting. So you want to lose the weight. You have the desire because you've come to a place where either you want to be healthy or you want to look better and things like that. And then the first time you see a chocolate, it's now this fight, this internal fight where I really, really, really want the chocolate, but I also want to lose the weight. And then usually the chocolate bar wins because you really, really want it. So your desire is so much stronger. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle with goal setting is where their true desire is because they'll have this ideal goal. I mean, even you were talking about school and that. And if you think about what's most kids' goal is to get out of school, is to finish school, is to finish the level, get to the next level, you know. But there isn't that purpose more of what is it that I actually want to achieve in this life? Who do I want to be? You know, and I think when we start setting goals on a lot more personal, who is it that I want to be? How can I be better? Jim Rowan says a lovely thing and he talks about setting goals and he says it's not so much about achieving the goal, but who 
you become in the process of achieving the goal. And I think when people start setting goals in that perspective, it's easier to achieve your goals because then it's not so much about when I have this, then I'm going to feel better, then I'm going to be happier because I've now reached that thing. But rather, who do I have to become in order to have that thing? It's more taking ownership on an identity level. So it's the daily activity then of developing yourself, the daily activity of pursuing something. I break the goals down to three types of goals. So your A-type goal is a goal that you really know how to do. So it's getting the promotion, the next level up. It's about losing the three kilos. You know how to do it. It's a mindset to do it. Then I look at B-type goals and I look at, right, that's stepping that little step out of your comfort zone, but it's generally to please someone else. It's to please my partner, my husband, my wife, or my mum and dad. I'm going to get that university degree or something like that because of they want me to do it. A C-type goal is living your purpose. As Vanessa was saying, it's about discovering what the true Jackie, for example, wants to achieve and then setting your sights at that and actually going for what you're good at, you believe you can do it because there has to be the belief that you can achieve it. You have that inner desire to do it and it's called a burning desire. And then it makes it just that little bit easier to say, I'm going to get this for me, not for anyone else. And I think that's so important to be able to get yourself up and out of bed in the morning because generally people only want three things in life. Get out of bed, enthusiastic at the way they're going to spend their day, surround themselves by people that keep them moving forward and financial freedom. So you look at those three aspects when it comes to setting your goals. What can I achieve that's for me? Okay, let's talk about belief then because in order for a person to achieve something They have to believe that it's possible for them. Like when you talked about the chocolate, if a person's wanting to, say, shred off, say, a stone or 14 pounds, but yet the chocolate bar is calling them, is it the attachment they have to the chocolate bar or is it the belief that they have to be a certain shape or that it's not possible for them to lose the weight? I think it's a little bit of everything. Chocolate has caffeine. Caffeine's addicted. There is that element of where you could be just addicted to the chocolate, you know. But I think if we look at our beliefs, a lot of times, like with a lot of the things that we do, you emotionally eat. So you're going to pick up the chocolate bar because maybe you've had a rough day at work. You've had a rough day at school, maybe in college, whatever it is. And then you're just going to pick up the chocolate bar because you just want to take a bite and just be like, oh, that feels good, you know. So that is a different way of dealing with it. And then there comes also the belief where, well, you know what, I don't believe that I actually can stop eating the chocolate bar. I don't believe that I can do something better in life because my mother, my father, the school teacher, whoever, society, people who surrounded you have created this core belief within you. I mean, if we look at TV, look at adverts, things that you would have heard as a child, things that you heard at school, and those things create your belief. So maybe you don't believe that you are good enough. I'll never be able to look like that. It doesn't matter what I do. So then it's easier to just, oh, okay, I'm not going to be able to do it anyway, so I may as well eat the bar or whatever it is in your life. So until those beliefs change, and I think a big thing also with our beliefs, with your subconscious, your mind doesn't want to lose anything. So if you're thinking about, I'm no longer allowed to have the chocolate bar, immediately you're losing something, you're taking something away. 
But if you say, okay, I'm going to eat the chocolate bar. However, I'm going to have a salad for lunch. So I'm going to have a salad and I'm going to eat the chocolate bar. Then what you're doing is you're actually, you're giving towards yourself. You're giving more for yourself. So eventually your subconscious is going to be like, okay, well, you know, I don't actually need the chocolate bar. I'm enjoying the salad because it's going to be healthier. You're going to start feeling better. A lot of times people say like, you must never, ever be negative. Don't have any negative thoughts because you'll never get ahead in life. We'll have negative thoughts. That's just normal. You're going to have these negative beliefs about yourself. So you can be, well, I can be healthy, wealthy and wise. And you say it and immediately you hear that little voice saying, no, you can't. And you're like, I'm going to be healthy, wealthy and wise. No, you can't. You need to deal with the little voice and be like, okay, stop and say, why can't I? And start looking at, well, what is that belief? Where is that belief? And then once you dig into that, you're going to find out, oh, because somebody somewhere along the line told me I couldn't. And then you deal with that, cutting off the belief. And then when you say, I'm going to be healthy, wealthy and wise, that little voice is no longer saying you can't because you've now dealt with that, that situation, that person who said you can't. Is the negative always put in? And the reason why I ask that, I sometimes catch my boys say things that it's come from them. It hasn't come from my wife or I. No, I don't think I can do that or I won't be able to do that. Excuse me, how do you know you can't do that? You haven't even tried it. It's not put into them. It's coming from them. It's coming from their own interpretations. Well, you'd be surprised, Anthony, because when you're born, your subconscious mind is wide open. You've got no conscious mind. So up until the age of seven, eight, maybe nine, everything is just going in. And they're not only hearing it from you. What about television? What about social media? Now, you might have curbed that social media. If I seen my boys on Facebook, let me tell you. would <laughs> <laughs> be hailed to pay Okay, house. so Johnny down the street kept saying, I'm useless, I'm this, I'm that. So they pick it up. Their mind is a sponge and their subconscious just takes it all in and it stores that information like you cannot believe. It's your emotional mind. So your subconscious mind doesn't know whether it's true or not. Your conscious mind can decide. But by the time you're getting to 9, 10... You're hearing everybody say, you can't do that, or she can't do that. But if she can't do that, can I not do that? Because then there's also a belief out there that we only use 10% of our brains. And that's wrong. We, we use so much more of our brains, we just need to facilitate it. And to be able to push past, as Vanessa says, push past that negative comment, no, you can't. Well, yes, I can. But I've got to reprogram years and years of subconscious programming and limiting beliefs. Because we have said to ourselves, oh, I'm useless. Oh, I'm so stupid. I tried, but I failed. Well, you tried, but you did. what did you learn? And this is where we've got to get to. What did I learn from that supposed failure? Because I don't believe in failures. It's a learning experience. So then you start reprogramming that conscious mind into saying, right, I'm going to make the choice here. I'm going to make the decision that I'm going to be aware of my default thinking. So we... There's stats out there between 50,000, 60,000, 80,000 thoughts a day. Now, how many of those are negative and how many of those are positive? You can say, I'm a positive person, but there's still that little doubt in your mind that then feeds it. So to be able to say 80,000 thoughts today were positive, that's good going. How do we recondition beliefs then? You know, how do we change our beliefs? When I'm interpreting the mind to my boys, I use plaster scene. I'll say everything you say is like a little mole in this plaster scene. Ultimately, you can shape your character by how you think and how you talk. 
how can a person, say in their 40s, that they maybe have had the rug pulled out from underneath them? I think the very first step is awareness. So realise, of my, and you won't even be able to count those thoughts. So let's look at the next hour. I'm going to monitor what I'm thinking, what I'm allowing into my... I mean, when we listen to the radio, what are we allowing into our subconscious mind? When we lie in front of the television, and that's when your subconscious mind starts to open up when you're the most relaxed. And we'll get into talking about meditation because when you're most relaxed, that's when your subconscious mind can be fed with the positivity. So first of all, stop being aware. All right, what am I thinking? Stop yourself from a lot of clatter all around you. You know, start slowing down, stop multitasking. That's another big thing. And you stop and you think, right, what did I just think about? Which way were my thoughts going? Am I going to focus on that rug pulled out from underneath me? Now, it's a big thing for that to happen. Instead of saying to myself, why is this happening to me? I say, why is this happening for me? And the minute you turn it around and say, what can I learn from this? What are my opportunities from this? And where can I grow from this experience? That's when you start realizing, okay, there I thought I can't do it. But here I can turn that around and saying, well, I'm learning a lesson here. And how can I turn it around? So that's reframing a negative experience, trying to take something positive from it. Look, we go through ups and downs. It's called the law of rhythm. Up and down. As the tides go in and out, night turns today, things are going to go up and down. But how am I going to look at it? How am I going to then look at the opportunity and say, right, I talk about a deck of cards and each card you turn over on one side says the solution and the very other side is the problem. Which side of that card are you going to look at? Because you can focus on one or the other because your brain can't do two thoughts at the same time. Can't be negative and positive. So which side of the card are you going to look at? So is that always a choice that we have? Do we always hold that choice, do you think? Yes, we always have a choice. I think a lot of times people don't realise they have a choice, depending on how they grew up and things like that. I mean, if I look at my background, I never grew up with a silver spoon in the mouth. I had to fight for everything I had. And my dad worked really, really hard, you know, and that, that's how I grew up, seeing my dad always at work, working really hard just to pay the bills, just to keep us afloat, you know. And that was my perception of life, is that you have to work really, really hard and get nowhere. <laughs> I got to a place where I realized, well, but it's a choice. I've got a choice where I can pick up a book and learn something new. So I was about 19. I wanted to learn psychology. I've always been fascinated with the brain and how the brain works. I started studying. I was doing a correspondence course. And I really struggled to understand the textbook. And eventually I had my grandfather and he was helping me learn all this stuff. But then he passed away before I finished. And I held the belief that I'm too stupid to learn this stuff. So I quit. Years later, I still had that passion and that desire for wanting to understand how the brain works and how do we think and why do we think like this and why do people behave like this? And you can have two people from the same household growing up with this, exactly the same parents. One of them will achieve nothing in their life and the other one will soar. Why? What's the difference? And I wanted to understand this stuff. And later I started picking the things up and I started making a choice that this is what I want. So it doesn't matter how hard it's going to be. I'm going to push through and I'm going to learn. And if I don't learn a certain way, I'll find somebody else who can help me. And that's when I started getting mentors and other people helping me to learn the way that was good for me. But that was a choice I had to make. For a long time, I believed I didn't have the choice. And I think a lot of people are in that thing because we live in autopilot. I drive my kids to school. So you get in the car. Sometimes you get to school and you think to yourself, hmm, I don't actually remember driving. 
your mind goes somewhere else and you just you arrive. And I think a lot of people's lives is like that for a very long time until you realize you can stop. It's your choice to stop and say, okay, I'm going to now take this drive and I'm going to look at the trees and the houses and the seasons have changed. There's now blossoms on the trees. And when you pay attention, then you'll look and you'll suddenly realize, wow, I never, ever saw that house. I never noticed that house. Wow, I never noticed that. I never noticed that. And it's the same when we start realizing, but you do have a choice. Every single person has a choice. A lot of people will think, oh, but I don't have the money. I can't go to college. I can't afford to go to college. I can't do this because of my circumstances or because of the way I grew up. But anybody can go on YouTube. I mean, there's so many like fantastic audiobooks. You can go and listen to an audiobook for free and that will help you to start changing your belief. If you really want to do something, I mean, I know sometimes let's say there's a kid wants to desperately go to college, really would love to be a doctor, but circumstances say no don't have the money for it, can't do it. But if you go and you go and look, okay, how many doctors was in my circumstance and somehow opportunities opened for them? Because when they change that belief and say, okay, right now it seems impossible, but they did it and they did it and they did it. And when you start looking at those things, then your belief starts changing because now you almost start getting the excitement of like, well, if something could happen for them, in some weird, wonderful way. And when you start listening to these amazing stories, then you open to actually to be receiving. But as long as you hold that belief, I can't, it won't happen, it's impossible. It's like you've shut the door. If you think about like Google, you know, so you go search, let's say how to make money. And what does Google do? It populates thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of ways that you could make money. But what happens if you disconnect the Wi-Fi or you disconnect the internet cable and you go type in Google, it doesn't respond. And that's the same way our brain works. When you say, I can't, it's not possible, you've shut Google down and then you can't see any further. You can't see opportunities because opportunities is around us all the time. So when you get connected again, instead of saying to yourself, I can't do that, you start reframing and you say, well, how can I do that? And that's when belief starts changing. There's confidence involved though then. So the I can't, that can communicate. I don't have the confidence in myself to do something. Your view then, Jackie, like how important is self-confidence? It is the key to your success. What I look at is one is your inner self-esteem and then you have your outer self-confidence. And when those two line up, you're heading on your way to success. As Vanessa was talking about that limiting belief and that inner voice that talks to you, that's your self-esteem. So I can come out and I can look confident and I can say all the right things. But what am I saying to myself inside? And that's where we've got to actually grow that inner self-esteem and say, you know what, I'm going to look at what I'm thinking I'm going to make the decisions is another thing that I think is vital, which we're not taught at school. So you're not taught goals and you're definitely not taught how to make decisions. Because once you've made a decision, that's when the opportunities start coming your way. I've made the decision, I want to be a doctor, and then I'll look for opportunities because I've made the decision now and it's a burning desire. But to build that inner self-esteem, you have to look at that voice inside your head that keeps telling you, you can't do it, you're too old you to this, you to that, you don't have enough money. Once you start building that and using the daily affirmations, the meditation, the grounding, the gratitude, you're able to build that up and say, right, how can I 
look for opportunities now because opportunities come your way all the time. It's about are you willing to accept them and are you willing to step out of your comfort zone to make them happen? How do you do that then? How do you encourage somebody to step out of the comfort zone? I think that's the challenge for people is to go from where they're safe, comfortable into a place whereby they're exposed, they're vulnerable. That's the next step is your growth zone. So it's about stepping out and feeling that. But you don't need to take a quantum step. You take a baby step. You take that very first step. Now, a lot of the times we'll procrastinate and we say, well, I can't. Should I? Can I? Will I? Sometimes you just say, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put myself out there and see what happens. And you'll look at an opportunity that comes your way and your very first thing that's going to say to you is, oh, yes, I want to do that because that's your intuition talking to you. And you know what? Your intuition is never wrong, ever wrong. It's your guidance system. But what we then allow ourselves three seconds later is to listen to the voice inside our heads. And that's your inner self-esteem. And you say, oh, but can't do it. But So that's the part that wants you to stay safe. Limiting beliefs is what's going to hold you back. Okay. Yeah. I teach my clients about your six higher faculties. So a lot of us bumble through life with using our five senses, what we see, what we hear everybody telling us to do, what we smell, taste, food, what we eat is because we've been eating it for years and years and years. But I look at your six higher faculties and your number one faculty is your intuition, listening to that guidance system. And then your imagination. We talk about imagination and using that vision, like Vanessa was mentioning earlier. That's your imagination. What do I want to achieve? Because my vision board is all about using your imagination to vision near where you want to go. You need will to make yourself do it. And you need your reasoning factor. Okay? And that's your focus. That is your thinking. Because a lot of people don't think anymore. It's like mental activity. But when you start focusing on, I'm actually thinking all these thoughts. What am I thinking? Then you start realizing, well, hold on, I don't want to feed my subconscious with the negativity. I actually want to feed it with more positivity. And then the last one is perception. A lot of the time, if I want to get advice, I'll go to my neighbor. But no, why ask your neighbor? Why not ask an expert? As Vanessa said, go on and read the self-help books that can guide you. Tons of material out there that is actually in personal development and getting you to step out of that comfort zone. Use what's available to you. When I look at it, when I've got a decision to make, I think to myself, okay, what would Oprah do in this position? You know, what would Sarah Blakely do in this position? And then I start thinking to myself, well, that's my goal. I want to be CEO of my own company. What decision would they make? And that's who you start modeling yourself on, you know, and thinking about, okay, what is their perception of this decision I've got to make or choice I've got to make? What should be on a vision board, Vanessa? Well, what you want. <laughs> it's like is it as really, simple as that whatever it is that you it want it really is that simple yeah I think vision boards we overcomplicate it the way it's got to look and do you cut out pictures or do pins on Pinterest or do you have a book or do you have a electronic photo album or do you get a photo album and make a sticker book or it gets so complicated in the almost the strategy where it really is that simple I want what is it that you want? I want to be CEO of my own business. Take a photo of yourself holding a sign that says, I'm CEO and stick it on that vision Congratulations. board. Congratulations. Yeah. Mm. You know, or where you got the champagne and you're busy celebrating that you've just achieved that. 
that's the kind of things that you put on your vision board. So it literally is what it is that you want. I think the big thing before the vision is like, do you actually know what you want? Well, that's a good one because like I certainly have learned in this job, I've met a lot of people who have absolutely no idea what it is that they want at all. Whether are young people coming out of college looking to get ready for the job market, whether it be maybe people who have lost their job, has completely floored them, or maybe people who are, say, wanting to enter the workforce, maybe after rearing the family and being a homemaker all their life, because what is it that you want? Having a clue. Well, you know, a good one there is actually is listen to what people say to you. Anthony, you're really good at doing that. Because people start don't listen to that and actually start stopping and saying, when they say, Anthony, you're really good at entertaining people or you're really good at cooking. So think about what your passion is and then maybe look at, okay, what do I want to achieve? But just going back to Vanessa's vision board. Now, I'm not very good at pictures and things like that. So what I do is write it to ink is to think for me. So I sit and I journal. So I don't have the visual, although I'm trying to visualize it in my head because your brain only or your mind only works in pictures. But for me, it's more about the writing. So you've got the two choices there. Either you stick up the pictures. If you're nice and arty, that's a choice. If you're not, then start journaling. Write down. But you have to include the feeling involved in it. So writing about what is the, as you say, the celebration, the champagne tastes like. What is the feeling it gets to be awarded that result? So you capture the feeling and that's what you're going to start working on is the feeling of that achievement, which then sets up the process of trying to think more positively. Just coming back on, a lot of people don't know what they want. And I think if we look at society, a lot of society has dictated, go to school, get a good job, buy the house, have the nice cars, raise a family, retire. That's what most people think they should want. But a lot of people, maybe they don't care about having that kind of lifestyle. Maybe they just want to have a quiet little place, little cabin in the forest, and then they feel like, oh, no, no, but I can't put that on my vision board because maybe that's not the right thing to want. So I think a lot of society dictates to people and people don't just sit down and say, OK, well, if I could have anything. Imagine to yourself right now you've won the lotto euro seven million. What are you going to do with it? There are no obstacles if you have seven million. You know, maybe somebody's going to say, well, I want to give five of it away. Then that is a good thing to put on your vision board where a lot of people will think, oh, no, that's crazy. You want to give money away, you know, but maybe that's what you really, really want. So looking at saying, what is it that I really want for the mom who's maybe been with her kids all the time? Maybe she just wants to have a nice job where she can work in the mornings so that she can just feel fulfilled. She's been giving, 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 giving to her kids for so many years. And now she just wants something different, but then almost feels like, oh, maybe that's just selfish so I shouldn't put that on my vision board looking beyond all the boundaries or saying okay what does society say that I should want what do I believe that I can have if there is no limits what do I really really want and that is if it's no money or time because those are the two obstacles we generally look at so if I don't have enough money or I definitely don't have enough time so take those two out right time and money is no obstacle what do you really love to do by giving five million away, that's maybe an orphanage or a charity is where you see your life going. Can I finish up with this question? If there was one piece of advice you would give someone to help them improve their self-belief, that sort of I can attitude, what would it be? 
I'd love to say, just journal every day, you know, spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes just with yourself, just to write down thoughts and visions and dreams and desires. Because from that, you start to build that, what if I did this and what if I did that? And I mean, maybe even start with what I don't want. Because when you know what you don't want, you can look at the opposite and say, well, if I don't want that. Because I remember I decided I never want to wear a suit again. I want to wear jeans and I want to wear jumpers don't want to wear a suit again. So I knew I was never going to go back into the corporate world. I knew what I didn't want. So then how do I find a job that's going to suit me wearing jeans? How about you, Vanessa? Yeah, I would agree with Jackie on the journaling because journaling is so powerful. Even if every day just write one sentence, you don't have to go and write a book. It doesn't have to be a book because a lot of people start and it's like, oh, I don't know what to journal. I don't know what to say. But just creating that awareness of saying, okay, well, what do I want and what is going on in my life? Because the more you do that, one, you're going to realize what you don't want because you're going to be journaling and then it's going to be, oh, this happened. Oh, but no, I actually don't want this. And now I can see a pattern. Because when you're journaling, you can start seeing patterns of, it might be your thought pattern where you can say, I've been negative, 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 and oh, and then I've had a really bad week. So I think just creating that awareness, another thing what you can do, a simple thing, put a little alarm on your phone that goes off every single hour and it says, what are you thinking? Just to stop you right there when the alarm goes off, ask yourself, what have I been thinking the last hour? Because it's only when you have an awareness that things can change. There's a saying that says you don't know what you don't know and what you don't know is what hurts you the most. So you can't change something that you don't know. You can't change what you're not aware of. So getting that awareness, that's rock bottom level. That's the foundation where you would start to change those beliefs, change the way you think, actually creating your vision board, everything, because it's the awareness. What is it that I want? What is it that I don't want? What am I actually thinking? What is going on in my head? Getting yourself out of that autopilot. Can I add one more thing in there? Gratitude. Start being really grateful for all the little things you do have, from the fresh air you breathe to the journey that you just did with a friend and you had the opportunity to chat to the food in my belly to a hi from a stranger. Start turning everything around and say, before you go to bed at night, say three things I'm really grateful for. In the morning, five things I'm really grateful for. And I always think about it. If I wasn't to wake up in the morning, I would have been grateful for all of that yesterday. Guys, thank you so much for coming in to chat today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and I look forward to your next podcast. Until then, Slán Gofoyle.